Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to a sports betting podcast from pregame.com for the week of October 22nd, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Vegas. This is segment one of five, big game preview, Oklahoma at Kansas. As always, let's start out with a line report from Vegas Runner. All right. This one opened up at Oklahoma minus seven as a road favorite with the total 51. And it's uh, as of today, it's still seven, but the total has gone up to 54. So definitely some action right on the over as soon as the number came out. Okay. So typically, from my observations in history, is totals move more than sides and college totals move more yeah. than pro totals. Which in general, if you, I was actually at a social function um, yesterday and there was a sports better there, it was interesting, he was a kidney doctor, a specialist, who actually loved sports betting. And it's kind of fun when you get these guys who are so elite, but then they meet you right. and they've heard of you or whatever, and you're like a superstar and they're the kidney doctor. So I guess that's pretty good. But he, I was telling him that you can always tell how weak or soft the lines are by how much they move. Imagine if the lines maker was right on, the line would never move. Right. And when you see huge moves, like in the WNBA, you know they're not crazy about their lines, uh, oftentimes, is uh, they'll move six, seven points. Yeah, just like at, at college basketball totals, where they're so not confident. They'll move them. a lot. They won't open them until hours before game time. So, so I guess yeah. my point of this uh, little message here is that when you see something like college football totals that will move so much, there's value there. Absolutely. And, 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 and to look towards the totals instead of the sides might, in general, all things being equal, be the better way to go. All right, so in this game, all right, so now that I look at my notes, you actually have an official free pick yes, on this I game. Do. Yes, I do. So why don't I let you make your case? Why should we be playing Oklahoma? Okay, last week I gave under in the Oklahoma game and came through, so this time I'm going to ride the side. I think being able to lay seven in this spot is a very good price for Oklahoma. Um, here's my argument. When this line was put out over the summer, the future line, Oklahoma was a 12-point favorite. Um, now they're only seven. Um, here's the difference. When you look at the AP poll in the USA Today, Kansas is ranked 24th and 21st. And Oklahoma is not even ranked. Only the AP put them back at 25th. Um, but when you look at the odds makers all right, poll. So, so, all right, so that's one interesting thing is we have a home team mm-hmm. who is unranked, or excuse me, who is ranked yep. against an unranked road team who's laying a touchdown. A touchdown. So clearly that's a great example how the odds makers ignore, pretty much ignore the AP and, and the general polls. Totally. And, and you were going to talk about the odds makers. Yeah, for a they have Oklahoma still the fifth best team in the country sitting at 3-3. Three and three. I don't agree with that. The I, fifth best, the team, fifth in the best co- team in the country. I don't agree with that. I, I'm not saying they're the fifth best team in the country, but I do think they're 
better than seven points better than Kansas. Last year when they played at Oklahoma, the line was 19 and a half. Kansas covered, they only lost by 14. But when you look at this series, the last five, Oklahoma's won by an average of 21 and a half points. So they've owned this team, and I think it's going to be no different So this, this sounds year. like a pure value play. You're exactly. saying this Oklahoma team's had two losses. Looking at the circumstances of those losses, you know, what would the line be if Oklahoma were undefeated right now? Correct. Right, and they could have won against Texas. They could have won against, well, let's think about this. They have three losses. Three losses. Oh, my God, and they lost against Miami, which was a close. So they've lost three close games, and you're saying— And Kansas could have came into this game 6-0, and but they looked ahead and lost as an eight-point favorite against Colorado. But I think the betters are excusing them because it was a look-ahead game. That's why I think there's still value here. All right, but, but uh, and I'm sorry, Mark, I know you haven't jumped in yet. Um, because, you know, Marco actually won a bet against me, so I'm, I, he might not be talking a lot. This, <laughs> this whole podcast. No, I'm teasing. But we're but, five minutes in. I haven't said anything <laughs> yet. There you go. But, but I'm a little confused. You're saying the batters are excusing Kansas. What do you mean by that? I, I think the money's going to come in on Kansas. I, I think come Saturday, getting a home team that's 5-1, and 4-0 at home, with a touchdown, I think that the book's going to end up needing my side, Oklahoma, believe it or not. All right, so now that's something that you do very well, and you do a, uh, as most regular listeners and uh, watchers know, you do a weekly or a blog at pregame.com, just click blogs, that you break down a lot of the big line moves uh-huh. and describe what happened. And you also tend to predict line moves later in the week. Yeah. And in theory, even if you're right 60% of the time, you're going to get the better number six out of ten times. So you're saying in this, you actually are recommending waiting to play Oklahoma and seeing if you see a six and a half. Yeah, and at worst, I think you'll at least get even money on the seven. And if you could save $10 for every hundred you bet, that adds up after a while. All right, well, I guess, Marco, you got to say some thoughts. Well, you know, I'm not sure cents. if I want to talk now, but um, one thing that you guys are forgetting about this game, I don't have an official pick here, but neither one of you guys have mentioned it, and this is very important. You're handicapping an Oklahoma team this week that has never been in this position in a long time. When was the last time an Oklahoma team had three losses in the middle of October? you got to handicap motivation right now because this team's in uncharted territory. There's two ways it can go. They can either suck it up and play for pride and still try to get to the championship game because they only have one loss in the Big 12. And look at the what the, the, they lost by, three points, one point. Which can make it even worse motivation. Yeah, yeah. Is you, Very you easily could like be 6-0. and oh. yeah. And they lost their leader for the second time this year. You know, this is a game that i got to stay away from because there are too many question marks around the Oklahoma team. Kansas, you said it. They looked ahead. The M.O. on Kansas, all offense, no defense. At all. At all. You know, so if Oklahoma comes to play, they will score on this team. You know, that's a reoccurring concept that we talk about, which is in any sport, whenever a team has been disappointed in their, their season goal, whatever that is, if it's being a 500 team, if it's winning the national title, that next game is always the hardest because imagine the great disappointments Correct. in your life. Are you really ready to get your nose to the grindstone soon after that? And, and I think that motivation, really, if you can decide that question, you might have the answer. Is if Oklahoma's motivated, laying the seven makes a ton of sense. If they're not, taking the seven makes a ton of sense. 
you believe they're going to be motivated. Yeah, I really do. I think we see a great effort by them. I think they'll be able to pass all day on Kansas. And I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing the money come in on the over early. Yeah, because Landry a non-motivated team, generally it takes more energy to play defense. But if we're assuming they're not going to be motivated, then the seven, uh, taking the seven is a lot of value. Taking the seven is a lot of value, but I'm getting back to the situation. We know that if Oklahoma can score, even with the backup quarterback against this Kansas defense, but if the Oklahoma defense doesn't put an effort together like they did last week, I mean, that was a tremendous defensive effort. So you're saying Oklahoma. if we were having a correlated parlay, which is one of the concepts we talk about where the side and total are somehow connected, you're saying you'd be inclined to like, if you do like Kansas, like the over, because liking Kansas assumes there's not going to be intensity on defense for Oklahoma. Yes. So if you, and if you like Oklahoma, you like the under? No, I, I in this situation, I just, I don't think the defensive side of the ball for Oklahoma is going to be where you'll see the intensity. They played their hearts out last week holding Texas to what they did. couple quick comments. And the Big 12 is actually the college conference I follow the closest. Oklahoma is 6-1 as a road favorite in the last seven, which shows you that when they can out-physical a team, they tend to just be bullies. And when they are against teams that are physically equal, they don't seem to do as well, certainly in the last few years. Don't forget, it used to be big game Bob Stoops. That's Uh no longer the case. Number two, this Kansas team has been underappreciated now for a number of years. They have won 24 of 34 games ATS. Not home, not away. Just last 34 times, you would have won 24. This is an underrated team. but, But again... This year, they've started to get a little bit more respect. And, uh, VR, you have an official pick on Yes, I do. I'm going to lay the seven points with Oklahoma and uh, agree with the odds makers that Oklahoma is still a a much better team than Kansas. All right, good stuff. This has been segment one of five. We're going to come right back with segment two, in which we're breaking down the ABC night game. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of five, big game preview, excuse me, big game preview, college football, Missouri, Texas. This is the ABC night game. As usual, Vegas Runners start us off with a line report on this game. Okay, this one opened up Texas as a road favorite, minus 14 and 53 and a half. Today we're looking at Texas as a 13-point favorite with the total 51 and a 51, excuse me. So the total has dropped two and a half points while Texas has dropped one. Okay, now one of the concepts we touch on most weeks is are line moves legitimate or are they setting up for a later buyback? And one of the ways that we can tell, or at least it's an indicator, is is the team being bet the public side? Because oftentimes if the odds or if the wise guys believe the line comes in low and it's a public side, they'll bet that favor or that Correct. public team knowing they're going to get in at the, at the lowest number, and that number might keep going up all week, then they buy back later. As I look at this, you've got to think Texas is the public side. Absolutely. So then is. coming in on the dog here is a sign of legitimate interest in Missouri. Especially since at 14, you could get it above two scores. Just let the public bet it on Saturday and get 14 and a half or 15. Yeah, so... It's a huge move at so that So if they play, the, and that's another concept, if they play the dog early in the week, 
it's a sign they really like it because sure. they're afraid some other group of wise guys it's are going to grab it beforehand instead of letting the public let it drift up. So seems like right off we see some serious interest on Missouri. All right, Marco, the key here with our with our video podcasts and the audio is what do the batters, what should they be focusing on? What is the main factor in this game for a batter? This game, one factor, and it's got to be does Texas suffer a letdown after last week's Oklahoma game? That was huge. And in my opinion, we were talking about it just going into this segment, they've got nothing standing in their way of a national championship right now. they got Oklahoma State later in the season on the road. I think that's their toughest Big 12 game. And then it's the uh, Big 12 championship game, and they're in the title game. Every team they have left, they were double-digit favorites against the last time they played them, except for Missouri. So, and, and here they are at their game. Yeah. All right, so we actually, what we do is we have three official picks um, throughout our five uh, uh, segments. And this is a game we don't actually have an official pick on. So what we're going to focus on is the, the key factors. And because we don't have a pick, at the end of this segment, Marco, you're going to be giving away $10. No obligation for anyone who wants to take advantage. I love giving your money away. What is the key factor in this game? Um, will Texas make Missouri one-dimensional? Because there's no way Missouri's going to have success running the ball. They're 91st in the country rushing the ball, and Texas is number one against the run. Um, so you're not going to run on them. And if they make Missouri one-dimensional at home, it could be a long afternoon for them. It looks to me like the wise guys don't think that's going to happen, that um, last week was such a big game for Texas that I think they, they might be a little in a letdown spot here and having to cover two touchdowns on the road may be a, a lot of points. I think that's how the Sharps are looking at it. And when you look at these two teams, they've gone nine unders and only three overs combined. I think that's why we're also seeing the dip in the total. You look at Missouri, you look at Texas, you think Big 12, you think scoring, but not this year. These two teams have gone under combined 75%. Now, we talk about Missouri being one-dimensional. Are either you guys, how do you account for the backdoor possibilities? Because when you're getting 13 or 14, that brings up another point, and it's take a minute here, is oftentimes if you see a move to the dog that you think is a legitimate wise guy move early that we've identified here on Missouri. The public's not really aware of that. So come Saturday, they're seeing the 13. They might not even know it even opened a 14. Right. So they start betting this thing, 13, 13 and a half. You oftentimes can get the same number they, uh, the wise guys got early in the week if you wait late when the wise guys are betting against a public team like Texas. So now all of a sudden, if you do get to 14, you're playing the same number the wise guys And did. that's what I write a lot of times in that blog. If you like the dog or, or the favorite in this spot, don't even bother betting it now. Wait till game day. You'll probably get the same numbers the Sharps did uh, because the public's going to have to bet it back up. Though every once in a while, you get the situation where they keep Go, going it, yeah, and it's yeah. 11 again. Yeah, time. you're right. But you're for the most part, right. that's an interesting approach. On Saturday, on game day, Look at the, the moves. Go to your blog that you do. It's pregameblogs.com. VR does a line move blog every week. We talked about it already in the first segment. See the line moves and see where, where am I getting the same number as the original bat. Mm -hmm. And those are the games that give a really good look to. Yeah, absolutely. I think you gave a good point about the, the public. Most of the public doesn't even know that there are line moves. And guys that still bet with locals, 
most locals don't bring their hinds out till Thursday. I mean, well, a lot of locals don't bring them out till Saturday. Yeah, they're getting, they're seeing 13, it's 13. Yeah, so they have no knowledge of it, and that's something that, you know, you should, you know, you know we have all the tools for our customers. They can go and get the lines at, you know, at our site, follow it during the week, you know, at pregame lines. Yeah, it's pregamelines.com. You get all the lines, you see the open. And additionally, it brings up a point we talk about a good bit too, is if you're only playing on Saturday, you're limiting yourself. If you're only playing with one sports book, you're limiting, you're limiting yourself. yourself Even an average batter should be looking to play early in the week at multiple books and late in the week at multiple books. And if you don't have, if you're looking for any books, you can go to pregameaction.com and there's all kind of great deals and bonuses there. Speaking of deals and bonuses, this is the segment. We're giving our money away. Why don't right. you tell us Well, about it? Th this is a great segue, too, because I was just going to tell you, you never really can understand the true value of a half a point. They're very important, and we'll be talking about that in a later segment. <laughs> but it's a great seg segue to today's coupon, because today's coupon is half point. That's the coupon, <laughs> half point. And you'll find out later about that half point. But just go to pregamepros.com, make any purchase that you want, when you get to the checkout, you'll see where you can enter the coupon code. Just type in all one word, half point, and you're going to get $10 off, courtesy of RJ. And, uh, you know. All right, so now we always ask this. If the, if the pick itself is 10 bucks or less, you get it free. You get it free. But, guys, this week, I, I'd try to buy something that was over 10 bucks because RJ's a little short this week. All right, so <laughs> was it Lou Holtz that said... That when you get to the end zone, you want to act like you've been there. Dr. Lou. Is that the who great said that? Holtz. Hand the ball it, to the referee. Yeah. You would think this is Marco's like first. Like you've been there before. It's like the first time he ever won a bet. He's, he's like a kid. <laughs> he's excited. No. If you guys want to hear the real kid, I got a blog up this week on uh, pregame blogs. Check it out. About you gave play-by-play? It ain't over till it's over about somebody that was running her mouth pretty good on Sunday. All right, so let's get back <laughs> let's to the get, game. Let's get back to the facts here. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. Texas, Missouri, Missouri, but Missouri in this case, has lost six straight ATS against teams with a winning record. So we talked about in the first segment about Oklahoma, which is if they're against a team they can out-physical as a road favorite, they dominate. Here's a situation when Missouri's playing a team who is good enough to be above 500, they don't seem to do very well. Again, lost six straight. So I think you've got a situation where they're undermanned generally. They've got a quirky offense that if they're even equally manned, they seem to dominate. They'll blow these teams out. But then when the, comp the physicality is equal or, let's say, the opponent is superior, Missouri just Loses doesn't it, have yeah. the, the, the physicality to compete, to it would seem. And Texas is as physical as any team in the country. So that's a factor to me. And, again, six straight losses against teams like that. 30 seconds. Any last comments? I would say even though they bet the under early in the this The wise game, guys did. The wise guys. I think this would be one, unless you get weather conditions late in the week, I might give a look to the over here because Texas, that was a big game last week, and if they get up, get a big lead, they could get complacent late and get those it's couple the, late the same scores. same concept where if there's a lack of motivation, it usually shows itself on the defensive yes. side. Okay, all right, good stuff. Now, that was segment two of five. We're going to be back with our next segment in which we are going to the NFL, biggest game of the week, Pittsburgh and Minnesota. For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment three of five, big game preview. 
NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota. As usual, we'll start with a line report from Vegas Shriner. All right. Pittsburgh opened as a four-and-a-half point favorite at home with the total 44-and-a-half. As of today, Pittsburgh is a four-point favorite with the total 45. So it's gone down a half a point towards the dog and a half point up towards the over. Now, if there's ever an example, and we have Mr. Pittsburgh here, and for new listeners, this guy, 46 years you lived in Pittsburgh, you've been in Vegas almost two years now, but you follow the Pittsburgh teams very closely, and it's a situation where you actually have your friends and network back there, so we get some really inside type information. So I was going to make a quick comment, but let's get right to your take on this game, is I actually am going to have an official free pick on this, but I want to hear your take first to make sure I agree with you. Well, uh, I haven't settled in on an actual play yet on this game because there's a couple big factors in here. Minnesota, this is going to be the first time they're a dog this season. And that's been an angle that I like to look at a lot is when a team's been a favorite all year and then they're made a dog for the first time, it's like this is their test because Vegas is saying you're the underdog now. And teams have a tendency sometimes to step up big in that situation. Um, Minnesota had a game last week. We'll now, how late in the season? I mean, if it's the second week of the season, so yeah. you're saying if you get to what week do you start considering After it? you're a month into the season and a team, you know, has been either a dog the whole time or a favorite the whole time and experiences their first role reversal, you really got to look at that situation for the mentality now, of the, the team. On the flip side, if you've been a dog the whole time you're a favorite, what's usually the psychological reaction? Well, at this point now, the team... Their last game could have been a big win that in the public's eyes they've now been legitimized. Mm -hmm. And that's almost sometimes where you get that like a team takes, ah, oh, we're here now, we've arrived, or we start to read our press clippings because we're getting the notoriety. So, so typically it's opposite. If it's a team that's been favored that becomes a dog, it's a challenge. And if it's vice versa, it can be a letdown. Right. All right, so you're saying that's a slight edge to Minnesota. That's a there. slight edge to Minnesota for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh, they've won three games in a row. They got Paul Amalo back last week. Um, everybody that I talked to back in Pittsburgh, uh, Paul Amalo's nowhere near 100%. Um, you know, he's probably playing at 80 or 85. And with that type of injury, uh, you know, I'm even surprised that he's back as quick as the, he was. But they're going to need him this week. Um, you know, they need. So the factor is his injury status is what is he going to be 80 85 90 percent as the week progresses that's one of the things that i'm going to look at and see how he's done in practice but you know he will be stronger than he was last week but nowhere near 100 last week i'd like to see him at 90 is where i would like to see him at okay so this is uh the point i was going to make is this is probably the best example of the year on how highly valued the steelers are I think it's a combination that the wise guys in Vegas and the odds makers appreciate their brand of football and the consistency. Because when you really think about it, going back to last year, as teams four and two, they haven't they haven't been blown out of a game for a long time. They're in every game. They had some tough luck. With the Philly game last year, they, they got beat pretty bad. But I mean, against the Giants, against Indy, clearly they won the Super Bowl. But even the games they lost, they were always in the game. And, and it, again, if you're betting a team that's always in the game, you're not going to be too far away. And even their two losses this year were fourth oh, quarter losses. Well, I mean, they, I mean clearly they should have won. You know, they were eight minutes left. They were big favorites in both of those games. So... 
all that said, the fact that, that Minnesota, who has been one of the more impressive teams in the league, are remember, three points means at a home field the teams are even. If Pittsburgh were three, you would say these teams are even. They're saying this Steeler team of 4-2 is, is better than Minnesota. Yep. So I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a heck of a statement about, one, how much the oddsmakers like and appreciate Pittsburgh, but also they're a marquee team and there's a little premium in there that the public tends to bat them. Though I'm not sure if that's the case against Favre and the Vikings. Maybe it is just about value so or just about how good these teams are in the eyes of Vegas and the wise guys. What's the one key factor in your mind, Vegas runner? Is Minnesota a for real 6-0 and team? Because if they're a for real 6-0 and team, you shouldn't be getting more than a field goal on the road. Um, that's the bottom line. I don't think they are. And I'll tell you right now, um, this game hasn't made my card. I'm not sure it's going to make my card. But if it does, the only side it'll be is the Pittsburgh side. Um, that's the only side I, I could actually bet in this game. Um, I see no reason to take Minnesota here. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, they're a marquee team. They're a public team. But they're 1-5 against the spread this year. So they haven't been making betters a lot of money. There's not too much confidence in this team. Where Minnesota, who's been a public darling with Favre this year, is 4-2 and two against the All spread. Right, well, but, but hold on a second. Is If you're saying... Because remember, those ATS records aren't just something on a piece of paper. Right. People have lost money on sure, Pittsburgh, sure. like you said, a sure. majority of the time this year. And still, against a 6-0 and team, they're the favor. So the better still believe in them, clearly. Yeah, or the... Or the Book odds makers do. But if We're going to find out the, someday because I don't think the betters well, believe the odds in them. Ma- well, here's the thing. The odds makers believe in them and the wise guys believe correct, in them. Correct, because they haven't bet the other. Yeah, correct. Because really, think about it. There's three stages correct, during correct, the week. Correct. The initial line is what the odds makers think. From the initial line till game day is what the wise guys think for the most part because they're the ones doing the betting. And then game day is what the wise guys think because they're betting too, but right. even more so what, what the, the public Because that's overwhelming money, no, especially well, in NFL. But, but I'm sorry, real quick. So you're saying that if the betters don't believe in Pittsburgh, you're looking at some Minnesota money on Sunday. I think, I think the books are going to need Pittsburgh big time on so if you, Sunday. So if you like Pittsburgh, wait till yeah, Sunday is your, is your I, I, I think the betters are going to jo- dive all over right, Minnesota Marco, plus i got to give my pick, so g- give us your comment and I'm jumping in. The one thing that I always say is when I look at a game, you try to figure out public perception of a game. With what happened with Minnesota, that is the toughest type of game to handicap because it was a tell of two different games. Minnesota was blowing Baltimore out, no question. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore made the big rally Took the lead with just you know a minute left in the game, and then Minnesota comes back and wins on, a, wins on a field goal. What does the public take from that? Minnesota six and zero and a great team. But is Minnesota a great team, or were they lucky to win again, like the San Francisco game, and um, like you know the Green Bay game? They went up and down the field on them. Green Bay did. Seems like Marco every week's making excuses why Minnesota's no good and good. they keep winning. I mean, at some point, just like the other side with Tennessee. And I would agree with you. When I looked at this game closely, San Fran looks to be a little overrated, especially if you look at that, the Seattle game, and then you see how Seattle laid an egg the next yeah. week. Baltimore, I believe, is overrated. We've talked about that. Their offense is a little bit better than last year. Their defense is much, much worse, worse yep. in my opinion. And the Green Bay line, or the game to me, was all about the Green Bay offensive line that was so shuffled. That team was in trouble. Uh, Favre has a magic at the end of the game. 
time, no doubt about it. I do think Minnesota's a little overrated. What I'm going to do here is go over. So my official pick is over. Now I'm 4-1 and one on the season. Unfortunately, I loved the Giants last week, so I'm going to have to live up to that one. 4-1 and one on the season here. But the fact is, here's the reason. I watch every play of every Pittsburgh game, and it's really simple. There's something wrong with this defense. I don't know what it is. I can't quite figure it out. This D isn't what it was. And this Pittsburgh offense is much better than last year. That O-line is playing very well. Everyone, you read these game previews and they say, oh, they can't run. They've been running very well this year with Mendenhall. They're above average running. The passing, Big Ben's one of the top three. He's probably the third best quarterback in the They're league. number two in the Offense NFL. is great. And if either team is behind late, you can expect a score because you've got two great two-minute quarterbacks. I like the over. That's an official pick. One last note. you got 10 seconds. Hit it. Favre has his big game next week. He goes to Green Bay. I can't believe he's looking ahead in this game. All right. He hates Favre. They each come in. Four <laughs> overs, right, we got, four overs. We got to wrap. We got to wrap. All right. Good stuff. Next up, segment four, we're going to be looking at the Sunday night NFL game. This is segment four of five. Big game preview, Sunday night football, Arizona at the Giants. As usual, VR, give us a line report on this game. Oh, right. This one opened up as the New York Giants, a six-and-a-half home favorite with the total 46, and it's now New York Giants minus seven and 46. So the total hasn't budged, and the Giants are now a solid touchdown favorite across the board. Okay, so as we keep talking about these line moves, the, you would guess the public side here is the Giants. Yeah. So this sure. is a situation where it could be a legitimate move, or it could be the Sharps getting ahead of the public, hoping it goes to seven and a half, sure. and potentially looking at a, a middle or an arbitrage. So that's a move we don't trust as much at all as if they were playing the dog, correct? Typically, or if they were playing a non-public team. The Giants are public. The Giants are the favorite. All right, Marco. What is the one factor that we most want to focus on in this game? Which giant team are we looking at? The one that got blown out last week or the one that's been beating up everybody else all season long? And um, I have a solid uh, answer to that. This all right, so you ha- this is going to be your official free pick. My official Make free pick. Make your case. We're 6-2 and two with the free picks here uh, on the show. And this is a game that the public automatically will look to the New York Giants. Returning home, on TV, they're going to want the Giants the fact that I did see six and a halfs when this game opened up it was all I needed to see of what the right side was. The fact that you could have got the, the Giants less than a touchdown is inviting Giant action. That tells me if Vegas wants Giant action, I'm taking Arizona. And a lot of times in handicapping, um, I do a thing with teasers. I'll sit down and I'll look at a game. And I'll handicap it and say, if I was going to go ahead and play a teaser, how easy does this game look one way or the other? And I can tell you right now on Sunday, half the teaser action people are going to have, they're going to have the Giants tease down to pick because all they got to do is win at home. You Sunday know, night prime time. Sunday night prime time. I'm going with Arizona. I think the Giants are overrated. Um, they're not running the ball as well as they have in the past. Um, They're putting too much emphasis on Eli to get the job done. They've played a very soft schedule this year. They've, They've had Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Oakland in their schedule. This is a situation. Arizona's been flying under the radar. I was on Arizona last week. They're starting to put it back together. All right, so let's think about it. Flying under the radar, what's proof of that? Well, the situation, they opened the season as, you know, 
small lines and they lost their first couple to the spread. Now they've put together a couple wins where they've won and covered. So the value, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were overrated because they were in the Super Bowl. Then they were back to the same old Cardinals after they started slow. They got that, what do they call it, the Super Bowl hangover for the loser the next year. They're back on track. They played a very good game last they week have. in no, no, Seattle. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to recap Arizona's season. How are they flying under the radar? You're saying they started out slow, and even though they've turned it around, people still don't recognize that. Right. They're so when you look at this number, you're thinking that the number should be uh, – I mean, let's think about this. If Arizona's under the radar, you're saying it should be like five then – uh, so you're saying the Giants are just one notch above at home. If it's even, it's three. If the team's a couple points better, it's five. Here at the touchdown, they're saying the Giants are significantly better. And you're saying... With, with the line, I, I know where you're going with there from what I said, but the line, I think the line is low for public perception of the teams. I Just nobody's talking about Arizona, and they're playing good ball. Warner's had two good games in a row. The offense is starting to click again. They're getting the running game going. Uh, I like them here. You know what's amazing about Marco is he is like, you know, I, I don't even know how to say I'm usually not at a loss for words. Yeah, I, I'll just, I just saw Bob Dylan <laughs> yeah, at the Hard Rock. Yeah, I just saw Bob Dylan at the Hard Rock, and he's a genius. It's like Dylan can do anything, and it's like he could start you know, doing fart noises under his arm, and I would think, oh, my God, what's he doing? Marco as a handicapper is I was almost like we'll make him the Bob Dylan <laughs> of handicapping because I don't understand. <laughs> like, like I would have thought when he started telling his story that he usually will tell us, you know, the Giants were on national TV. Everyone saw with their eyes and felt with their wallet the fact that New Orleans was was so much better. And the Giants, everyone thinks the Giants aren't what people think they are. So I'm going to back the Giants here. He has told that story before. But now he's saying the public wants to get on the Giants because they think they're going to bounce back. I'm going the other way. And somehow, some way, like a genius, the it guy hits... One of the highest rates out there. I, I'm, I'm just going to just say I can't even argue because it, it got to make sense to argue. And this guy has a way to see it. And it's funny. What you say makes sense, but there's always a counter argument. And like, you'll take each side each week, but know which side to be on. And, and I got to say, that is, uh, I'm just, uh, VR, what, what, what are you looking at in this game? <laughs> this is a Sunday night game, and you got a West Coast team flying east. So that's a disadvantage right there. And I know the... the on the night game... I don't, I, see, I don't believe that, that that's a benefit because playing on the East Coast well, when in you October, Philly, when, when you, it's cold at night, it's not a benefit well, to the West that's Coast a, But then that's on a time zone issue. That's a weather issue. Right, right, But when correct. you go back from Philly, from Vegas... Whether I the, go in the morning or whether I go at night, you're still feeling but it. But you're going the night before. But in the morning, don't you feel a little true, like, oh true. my God, Absolutely, absolutely. Right. No, it is, it is. And I got to agree with Marco here that I was a little surprised that this line came out below a touchdown too. Only because last year... The Giants went into Arizona, and they were a three-point favorite. So they should have came out here 9 or 10, especially coming off a loss so that against was, uh, New that's Orleans. Interesting. So especially coming off a loss, and they're sitting at 5-1. and one. Um, So I, I, I tend to agree with Marco. I was a little shocked the line came out 6.5. But when I looked a little deeper, here's the reason. Arizona's won three of their last four, like Marco said, straight up and against the spread, and they're playing very good, where the Giants haven't really beaten anyone in their first real stern test. They got annihilated by 
by and that's always a challenge is when you early in the season you have a small sample size to consider and so the question becomes when the Giants dominated those bad right, games right right is that is beating a team by 20 the same a bad team by 20 the same as being a good team by 3 Sometimes it's not. But with the physicality of the Giants, that makes me worry a little bit because, I mean, they're so physical. And so, you know, just last week, everyone's like the Giants are the best team in football. Yeah, exactly. Oh, go ahead. No, the biggest the problem for Arizona is going to be this, Marco. Their strength is passing the ball, and that's the Giants' defensive strength. They're number one against the pass. The Giants' defensive weakness is against the run, but Arizona's 31st in running. So it's like Giants have every strength they could possibly have in this matchup. And that's the only thing that no, no, scares 31st me. In, give us that stat again. Yeah. The New York defense against the rush is 18th. Mm-hmm. But Arizona's 31st in rushing. As an offensive team. So if you're going to do anything, the New York's defense is run on them. But Arizona can't run. So. All right, so I've actually, like most games, and that's the point of, of, of your talent, is there's really two sides always. If not, the line would be different. Right. If you can't make a case. So a quick case for Arizona. Only 60 yards per game rushing this uh-huh. year they're giving up. Now think about that. That's world-class numbers. Giants are a rushing team. Uh, so that's an Arizona yeah. advantage. Another Arizona advantage is Manning played his worst game in a while against New Orleans. He has that toe, that, that foot the heel, injury. Yeah. Is, that the, is that a problem here? And if it is, clearly another advantage because Arizona is going to be able to stop the run, it seems. If Giants can't pass, big advantage there. Now, the huge advantage to me with the Giants, even though last week they lost 17-5 and five against winning teams. So when they, they are against up, the yeah. best teams, I mean, that's 17-5 ATS right. against winning teams. And lastly, uh, one last Arizona stat, they've won five straight as an underdog, which five isn't a big sample size, but they're playing well as a dog. So we have an official pick. Now, you know, really, we were going to make my bet pay off this round. Should we, or in this segment, should we extend it to the next segment or forget about it? I think we'll wait till the next segment because you don't have enough time to do it properly. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> we could do a whole segment on that. All right. So this has been segment four. Good stuff. Segment five is going to be the Monday night football preview. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment five of five this week, Monday Night Football Preview. Okay, as usual, Mark, or um, Vegas Runner, we go to you for the line report. What's happening in this game? All right. Uh, They opened this game up, Philadelphia, as a seven-point road favorite, but seven even money, meaning if you're going to take Washington plus seven, you got to lay $1.20, and you could take Philly minus seven at even money, no VIG, with the total of 39 we're now looking at the spread of seven minus one ten either way, and a total of thirty-seven. So a little half. bit of money on Philly, right? But it looks like they were bracing for wise guy action on Washington, fo- charging them a dollar twenty to take seven points. But when they didn't bite, figuring the public's going to come in on Philadelphia, now it's back to one ten. That's what I think happened because they were thinking they're going to take a touchdown on an NFL game. Speaking of the VIG, I was down, Marco and I were down at the M this weekend, uh, Sunday, and they have a cafe right next to the sports book, you know, French fries or whatever, uh, called the VIG. Damn. I kind of like that. <laughs> I, I kind of like, like that. that. All right, so Marco, 
We are about sports betting. It's about empowering our listeners with information. What's the one key factor better should consider on this game? Do you want to bet a bad team? And uh, the home dog is a very bad team. And that's what we're looking at here. Very similar to me to a Sunday night game earlier in the season. And this just reminds me of Indianapolis and Tennessee. Is this the game because it's national TV that you're going to get that good performance out of Washington? Well, here's the difference is, though. One is maybe t- Tennessee wasn't considered as bad as maybe they've turned out to be. But Indy was playing as well as anyone right. in football. This Philly team's not playing well at all. And even considering that you had this indie team that was so good, they were only laying three, three and a half in that game. We, we're up to a full touchdown here. So we're past the point of anyone wondering how good Washington is, which brings up to me one of my most potent concepts in the NFL, which is you want to play undervalued teams, which are usually bad teams. The, the teams with good records yeah, yeah. are not usually undervalued. <laughs> no. But you only play bad teams. Every week, if you did the following, I think you'd hit over 50%. List all of the teams that are undervalued, that are bad, and scratch out the ones that you think might not be playing hard for whatever reason. Right, right. And if what you have left is a team which is undervalued, so you're getting points, they're professional, but they're going to try their hardest. And that's where the trick is, because sometimes you run into teams that's given up and they lose 41 nothing, or whatever, New Eng- or New England beat Tennessee this year, and you say, see what happens when you bet bad teams? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't usually happen when you bet against a team that's really trying. And to me, this Washington team, how in the world could they have their head together for this game? Yeah, you just lost to Kansas City. What's, what's worse is, and you're absolutely right, They've already decided Washington's bad because the future line on this game, and when you could have bet it back in August, July, I mean, um, Philly was a one-point favorite only. So now they're at a touchdown. Which is huge for NFCs, especially since Washington has covered like five of the last six. They've won the last five four or six against up. Philly. Yeah, against okay. Philadelphia. Because in general, and this is a stat that was an eye popper of the last fourteen games with Washington, they've only covered two. Philadelphia has no, 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 no. Washington With Washington as a team, oh, 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 oh yeah. They've only cut. If you were to bet Washington fourteen yeah. straight times, yeah. you would have cashed twice. They, this year, out of the six games, they've been a favorite four times. This well, team. up until this week, <laughs> they've yet to play a team that had a win right. during the game. Every week, they played a team that didn't have a win. So they're bad. Man. So and and again, it, it, I think we're finally at the point where. Because let's be honest, Philly's power ranking is way down, down from what it would have been early in the year. Sure. So here's a team that's down one notch, and you've got a team with which is Philly. You got Washington down three notches or four, and you've got a seven point road favorite in division. On Monday Night Football, which you generally don't yeah. see big favorites on Monday Night Football. The other problem with Washington, you know, not only you know do you got a question if this team has quit, you got all kinds of you know questions regarding the you know the uh, coach you know is Jeffrey Snyder going to pull the trigger I mean this guy's quick to hire and fire coaches um, they're Jeffrey Snyder or what I say Jeffrey Snyder uh, what is it just Mr. Snyder just man, <laughs> and, and then you won't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a guy but again owners like that Jeopardy you want to just give the last name okay owners that you know or too much of a, uh, you know, in the trenches with their teams. These teams aren't doing good. You know, Al Davis in Oakland, Jerry Jones in Dallas. You know, these 
they're owners for a reason. They're not coaches and they're not GMs. You know, get the personnel in there to do it. They're making a, another switch this week because the Washington offense has been so horrible all year. They're bringing a guy out of retirement to call the plays. Uh, and remember now, let's jump back, is when the o, we had a stat, and I can't remember the exact number, but three teams changed their OC, offensive coordinator, before the to season start the started. Season, yeah. And they started out, they had one, after three weeks, they Tampa had played. Bay and two, Kansas City yeah. and one other team. And Buffalo. Buffalo. And they yeah. had played each other one game. So there were seven games in the first three weeks that they didn't play each other, and they were 0-7 ATS. Disruption. There's a reason they start these mini camps in May. Uh, yeah. is there's a lot of work to do for the sophistication of these teams. Now you're going to disrupt them. I rarely like playing road favorites, but man, I can't imagine there's value with Washington. I'm not sure I'd bet Washington plus 14. No, I, I agree, and I made the mistake of, of backing this team against Kansas City, so thinking I. how could you lose to Kansas City. Um, I didn't think Washington was as bad, and the public has been betting against them and cashing every week, and the odds makers still haven't lowered the number on them. Um, well, I mean, it's getting adjusted. Here, finally, but, yeah. it's finally getting adjusted with this week, because like you said, what I don't understand with this team is why are they this bad offensively? The answer has to be Campbell's not the answer because they have receivers. They have a running back. I mean, when you got Randall L to throw to and Santana Moss and Chris Cooley as your tight end, you should have some completions. When you got Clint Portis in your backfield, you should run the well, ball a little Insiders bit. are telling me with Portis is he's old. It's, it's, a, it's an yeah, old issue. Yeah, yeah. The running backs get old very true, quickly. True, true, and He's dropped true, off the cliff. But they, they finally benched Campbell last success, week. Man. They uh, pulled Campbell and brought in Collins and it, was, it got even worse. It was kind yeah. of funny because Marco's like, look, he goes, oh, good, they're putting in the second <laughs> I'm like, this guy's been in <laughs> the it. whole year, but now he's finally good enough to play. How many That's times not you, a good no, sign. No, how many times have you seen the backup quarterback they come in and spark them? They committed to Campbell about three or four years ago as the franchise, as the future. Well, but they were trying to trade him yeah, the, the Denver, so for Cutler. All right, so I can't lie. I actually had Kansas City last week as my underdog yeah, game of the year. You did. Gave it away in the forums. Good job. Now, I actually don't rarely sell picks. I give them away, and again, I don't bet a lot of games, but mostly when I do, I give it out, so you can go to pregame.com, click forms, and each day we've got uh, good threads of, of games I'm betting. I had my game of the year. Unfortunately, you and I made a bet, and we had to do a quick payoff on this. Quick? We bet, we bet, a, we quick. bet, we only got a minute 45. We bet a nickel, <laughs> we bet a nickel, and I had, you know, I had Minnesota laying two and a half. I got a good number like I always do. And we were down the M, and we were watching this game. And I got to tell, we were like, we were, I, me and my buddy were with Marco. We were laughing at it. We were, so, oh look, it's seventeen now, pointing up at the screen. Yeah, that game. And and somehow, some way, a couple flutes happened. I'm not going to judge it. And and Marco won by half. Door. They came through the garage. So dude. so I'm going to make my payment door. to Marco. And I'm just going to say, I hope you feel a little guilty about this. Is all I'm going to say. Again, he says this it all is the value the of a half point. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Value it, of a half point. And, and it does bring up one other quick lesson. <clears throat> Sports betting is there's randomness in the short term. We all know Minnesota was the right side last week. Marco's collecting the money, but if you're on the right side like RJ most weeks, you're going to win most weeks. But this week, Marco, you get the money and congratulations. Thank you. Sir. Now, real quick, in the prior section, I was, you know, I don't see any bets I want to make this week. That's with what you. I said. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to back anyway? the Giants, but I, I'm going to, I'm not going to. So this week we'll pass the betting, and I'm okay. sure next week we'll be, uh, we'll get some stuff. We'll next be. Week. Doing with it. All right, good stuff. This has been this week's show. We had five full segments. 
Remember, you can watch all of the segments at pregame.tv, or if you use your iTunes or iPod, you can go to iTunes, download and listen. Just search for pregame.com. Drinks on me at the end. <laughs> I'm there.